0: I want to thank all the labor unions here in Dane County that help keep Sly's Office.com up and going so you keep up to date. Whether it be the Madison Firefighters, Local 311, or the Madison Teamsters, Local 695, or our friends at Madison Teachers Incorporated. These are some of the most active local unions who organize, 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 and constantly stand up for workers. Thank you from Sly's Office.com. When you're
1: looking for a new computer or need help with one you already own, call 231-8000 and Madison Computer Works will get things up and running for you. Madison Computer Works, computers that work for you.
0: Welcome to another podcast at Sly'sOffice.com, brought to you by our friends at the Operating Engineers Local 139, also Madison Teamsters Local 695. Joining us now, U.S. Senate candidate and Milwaukee Bucks president, Alex Lazary. Alex, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So, you know, it's a, a pretty interesting thing. Some people are still learning who you are because it's a big, diverse state. But for people just tuning into this podcast, how did you end up in Wisconsin? What's your story?
1: Yeah, so um, you know, I went to I went to school uh, in Philly at UPenn, uh, and then worked at the White House um, right uh, right after college. Uh, so I got to work for President Obama. I was. Valerie Jarrett's, uh, uh, you know, essentially her, you know, one of her, one of her aides um, worked for her chief of staff um, as kind of his deputy, uh, helping run the offices of public engagement and intergovernmental affairs. One of the, you know, best two years of my life. You know, got to learn from uh, from Valerie and and see how Washington works and see how you know what can happen when good people are in government trying to get things done. And you kind of really got a real good sense of what happens when the right people are in government and all the good things that can happen. And you also saw the dangers of what could happen when the wrong people are there and the power that they can have and in, in, in creating a lot of bad. And, you know, I think we saw that with the Trump administration. We're seeing that with Ron Johnson. Um, you know, with my, uh, uh, my family, we bought the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, I've been working um, as a senior executive with the team to, uh, um, you know, help developed the arena, um, the entire deer district, um, worked did all of our workforce development initiatives, making sure that we built the arena hundred percent union, um, that we, you know, hired people from Milwaukee, that we sourced, uh, all our materials, 80% of them from, uh, from the state of Wisconsin, um, uh, and, and helped just position us as, you know, not just an NBA champion on the court, but one off the court as well. And, you know, also, uh, have been able to, you know, help work with, uh, Um, the governor and and the president and working to help to get them uh, elected while also um, leading the bid to bring the Democratic Convention here to Wisconsin. So a nice mix of, you know, I think government and private sector experience that I think has, you know, kind of he has the only candidate in the race who has a track record of actually getting real things done.
0: Well, and truth be told, you were, you know, back in 2016, you were helping Russ Feingold to try to stop Ron Johnson from going back to the Senate. And uh, unlike some others, you you voted in the 2016 race.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think this is one of the you know one, one of the things that we're trying to show with this campaign. And I think what this campaign and election is about is look, the stakes of these elections are really high, right? We you know the uh, election in 2016 is going to have consequences for the next 30, 40 years, right? You know, Donald Trump and Ron Johnson being elected in 2016. Is the reason we have a conservative Supreme Court that overturned Roe, that makes it easier to, um, uh, you know, that's that's getting rid of, you know, um, you know, in good uh, and, and 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 sensible uh, gun reform. That's getting, you know, making sure that they're going to take away our other rights to privacy. Not voting is is is, is one of the issues that we've got to make sure that that we're changing in this election because we can't just say, oh, we won in 2020 we have to vote in 2022 because this isn't just about this year this is about the next 20 30 years and what kind of wisconsin is you know our you know is is my kid gonna grow up in
0: all right let's uh here's some of your message uh that's out there on the airwaves right now one democrat doesn't just talk alex lazary gets it done Building Pfizer Forum on Progressive Values. Demanding 80% of the materials come from Wisconsin. Now paying workers at least $15 an hour minimum wage. Endorsed by labor, Lasry is a make-it-in-America Democrat who can beat Ron Johnson.
1: I'm Alex Lasry, and I approve this message because it's time to get more money in the pockets of working people. So let's talk about how
0: unique the Milwaukee Bucks and Yourself are in the the realm of the sports business when it relates to labor and workers. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, not only was the Pfizer Forum built with union labor, but you did something absolutely incredible and that is you immediately recognized the right for the permanent workers, the people working in food service and hospitality at that building. Had the right to have coll- you didn't fight their collective bargaining rights and worked out an historic agreement. Has that ever happened with a sports team before, Alex? Uh,
1: not, not, some, not, not that I know of. You know, and I think we tried to you know set a model for how to you know kind of do these public-private partnerships in the future. You know, we were very proud that even in a white right-to-work state, um, we built our arena 100 percent union um, and made sure that we sourced our materials from Wisconsin and made sure that. Um, we were hiring people from the state of Wisconsin um, and building careers. And the thing that I've always said is, if you want to build something right, if you want to build it on time and on budget with no problems, you got to hire a union. And this is one of the things that I think we, you know, one of the reasons where um, seeing worker shortages, we're not seeing uh, wages being raised, is because of this, you know, the, the the constant attacks from the Republican Party. Um, on labor and on unions and on working on working people, and that's something that I want to change. And I think we've been able to show that you don't have to have management and labor at odds. But if we're actually working together um, and giving workers a seat at the table and treating them like part of the family, um, we're aligning interests, and that's how you create a successful business. And we did the same thing, not just from building the arena, but operating it as well. Um, well, I was going to say, has that, that paid,
0: in your view, has that paid dividends? To have workers uh, there serving food and doing the hospitality and security, has it paid dividends? Do you think you get better results for service for your customers, knowing that the workers have a more stable job?
1: Uh, I think you just you know you look at the you know how Five Surf Form and the Bucks are constantly rated one of the top places to work. Um, you look at how when people come to the arena, why Five serves forms rated one of the best arenas in the country. Um, it's because of the people working there and you know you see how much we care and 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 treat everyone like family you know when we won the championship we made sure that everyone who worked there um, who worked a certain amount of hours got a championship ring when there was the pandemic the players and the team got together to make sure that we were able to create a fund to ensure that workers were still getting paid even though um there were no more events going on this is something that you know i think has led to this family atmosphere, and paying a good, a living wage and a $15 minimum wage has led to us having less turnover, better skilled staff, um, and made us more competitive in getting the best workers. And again, this is what unions do. They train, they um, find you experienced, good workers, and it's why I think we've got, um, why why we've got one of the best arenas in the country. And it's not just our food service and hospitality and, and ticket takers and all that, also our stagehands. You know, we've got an agreement with Diozzi, um, who's endorsed our campaign, but we've got an in- agreement with Diasi, who has now made it so that any a concert's coming through, we constantly get told how much they love working with us and how they can't wait to come back. And that's 100% because of, of the stage fans and the people who make it so easy for concerts to be able to get in and out and have a great experience.
0: How good does it make you feel to see other venues beginning to unionize, like the the Paps Theater Group with the Riverside and Turner Hall to see their workers stand up. And, you know, the Bucks kind of set the tone here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's great to see workers, you know, being able to just get a seat at the table. And what I love about unionization is that you're kind of getting the government out of, um, uh, you know, out of our business and more so putting this as a contract between the private sector, right, between workers and, and management and saying, how do we Align our interests together. What are we? What do you? What's important to you? What's important to me? How do we make sure we're aligned, so that we can create a successful business and and uh, and something that's going to benefit everyone? I think when you've got that, that's when you've been able to create the most successful companies you know, that we've had. Right? When you look at when you know our our manufacturing industry was at its peak, um, that was when you know, labor had a seat at the table and we have strong unions that were able to advocate on behalf of workers and negotiate um, the, the, the agreements that aligned interests. And that's something I want to make sure that we're able to get back to. And I think I've, I've been able to show that it's not that we're going to just fight for labor, but that we're actually able to get we're actually going to be able to get stuff done for them.
0: Here's a contrast. Here is uh, incumbent Senator Ron Johnson earlier this year talking about jobs in Wisconsin.
1: Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, it's not like we don't have enough jobs here in Wisconsin. The, the biggest problem we have in Wisconsin right now is uh, employers not being able to find enough workers. So, I mean, I, I, I want to insert myself to, you know, demand that uh, anything manufactured here.
0: Now, there's a guy who ran as a manufacturer, and he spoke like that. Uh, if you had been U.S. senator right now, is that how you would have reacted?
1: No. Uh, If if I was a U.S. senator and even not as a U.S. senator um, right now, I don't think that there's any way you can say, like, we've got too many jobs or we've got enough jobs. We should always be advocating to bring more jobs here. We want to bring more training, more investment to Wisconsin. And that's something that we're constantly talking about. If we want to deal with the effects of inflation or supply chains or grow our economy, we have to make sure that we're investing in, in Wisconsin and we have to make sure that we're bringing more jobs and higher higher wages um, to this state. And that's just something that Ron Johnson doesn't get and, you know, in his 12 years in office just hasn't delivered for us. Right. If you look at the time since he's been in office, Wisconsin has grown at half the national average. Um, so we've grown at only three and a half percent, whereas the national average is seven percent. Because of Ron Johnson, our best export right now is our people. And that's something that we need to change. And, you know, when Ron Johnson is actively advocating to ship our our jobs, our Oshkosh defense jobs, to South Carolina, um, that, that's not advocating for our state. That's him being South Carolina's third senator. And that's something that we need changed, and we need to make sure that we give Tammy Baldwin a real partner um, to be able to deliver for, for working people here in Wisconsin. In
0: 2010, believe it or not, he actually uh, praised the job losses from free trade with China and NAFTA, saying it was creative destruction. Is that how you would have described what these free trade agreements did to workers in the state of Wisconsin?
1: No, not at all. And look, I'm not someone who who believes that we should be an isolationist country. But I do believe that in any trade agreement, we got to make sure everyone's playing by the same rules. And we've got to make sure that any trade agreement is, is done where we're not putting our workers in our country at a disadvantage. And that's why I've put out plans on how to actually put more money into working people's pockets while also how to bring manufacturing and supply chain operations back to the United States. And I want to incentivize companies like Ford or, or anyone to bring their manufacturing back here. I want to incentivize companies to start doing, you know, green manufacturing so that we're developing our electric car batteries or solar panels here in the United States, right? These are all good-paying union jobs that can be done right here in Wisconsin. We just have to have a senator who actually wants that and not someone who believes in, in uh, you know, I guess, as you put it, a, a creative destruction um, of our working class. Um, I don't think anyone, you know, in any of the union halls that I've gone to um, is is applauding this creative destruction? What well, they want our good jobs. Well, they just want... a few
0: just a few years ago, Senator Johnson addressed a, a business roundtable via Zoom, where he talked about that he didn't really think manufacturing was that important part of our future, as far as our economy. Do you believe that?
1: No. If you look at any of look, this is the problem with Ron Johnson that he's not he's not representing the people of Wisconsin. Right? That's what we do here. We make things. That's what we we've built this state on is our hardworking, good union labor. And, you know, that's something that um, we need to get back to and we need to be able to bring those jobs here. And if I was the U.S. senator and when I am, um, we're going to make sure that we're bringing, you know, those types of manufacturing, new green manufacturing jobs here to Wisconsin and ensuring that um, that that those jobs are going to be union that are going to be paid a living wage. But this also means that we have to invest in our education system, right? Unfortunately, Ron Johnson and Republicans in the state legislature are trying to defund our education system and defund our, our cities and, and towns. We need to be able to make more investments in them so that we can have the best trained workforce that will lead to more investment in the state.
0: We'll take a break. Alex Lazary with us. He is running for the United States Senate. Believe it or not, the primary is coming up very soon, a month away, August 9th. We'll be right back at Sly's office. Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit jeffsguitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Fort Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris Thompson & Wachs have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach gtwlawyers.com that's gtwlawyers we're back at sliceoffice.com brought to you by madison computer works and also jeff's guitar clinic joining us again alex lazary well if i hear one complaint from uh, people and obviously uh, some of your opponents are attacking you for the amount of money that you have and i want you to briefly explain why you think that that's a bit of a misnomer in this race?
1: Well, it's just not something I hear anywhere on the campaign trail. Um, when I actually go and talk to voters, um, that's never something that's brought up, and it's not something that anyone seems to, um, that, that's not what's affecting anyone day to day. What voters want to know and what people are looking for is someone who's going to you know help raise their wages, someone who's going to you know make sure that we're bringing more jobs and investment to the state, someone who's not going to just, fight for working people but who's going to actually deliver and that's why we've been able to get so much support and why we've got so much momentum in this race is because the more people hear our message the more people hear about um how how not only we're going to do that but how we've done it before um people want that type of change in the u.s senate and that that that's how we're you know that that's the coalition that we've been able to build and that's how we've been able to build so much momentum going from zero percent of the polls to now tied for first
0: i've watched a lot of senators come and go in the time that i've followed politics and i admit i'm a geek i follow it closer than others and i've noticed you know there are senators that have had incredible wealth that have come to the senate that really were quite good and fought for working people whether it be jay rockefeller of west virginia or whether it be Howard Metzenbaum of Ohio, uh, whether it be Ted Kennedy in Massachusetts. uh, But I've also seen people who are of humble means turn out to be terrible. Mitch McConnell was not a wealthy man when he first went to the U.S. Senate, but no one is ever going to accuse him of being a champion for labor. So the amount of money you have does not necessarily translate to how you treat workers and middle-class people.
1: Yeah, that's why we're saying, look, just look at our records. Right, we're asking you to, you know, we're asking voters to look at, look at our records, right? Look at our plan, look at what we're putting forth. And, you know, the reason we're getting the support of labor, um, whether it be the operating engineers, uh, the Teamsters, IOTC, IBEW, um, the pipe trades, uh, and, and a number of others, the bricklayers, uh, is because we're not just talking about these and using labor as a talking point. We've actually done it and we're doing it. We're the only campaign in the state of Wisconsin, and we're, we're, we were one of the first in the country to have a unionized campaign staff. These aren't just talking points for us. These are things that I've delivered on um, my entire career, and that's why working people and, and labor know that we're going to be able to deliver um, when we get to the Senate. And it's why we've built our campaign around, you know, this message. It's about, you know, we've been talking about the economy since day one, and, you know, what not just when the national press was talking about it, but since we launched on how we were going to bring more jobs and investment to this state. And again, I think that's why people know I'm not going to just be a champion, but we're going to deliver results for, um, for the people of Wisconsin.
0: So I've also heard some say, you know, th- this guy didn't grow up in Wisconsin. How does he know us? And I heard you, I heard you answer that question at a, at an event in Madison earlier this year. And you talked about your daughter, and you've made this your place to live. Explain a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So what I say is, look, I've never had a choice of where I was born. My parents didn't ask me, "Hey, where, where do you want to be born?" Um, but I did have a choice of where I was going to live, and I chose Wisconsin. And my wife and I have chosen Wisconsin as the place where we're raising our family. And you know, my daughter Eleanor didn't have a choice of where she's born. She's born here in Wisconsin. She's going to be a Packer, Brewer, hopefully a buck fan. Um, and you know that. This is where she's growing up. But what I think this race is about and what voters care about is where are people choosing to live? And as I mentioned, since Ron Johnson's been in office, we've grown in half the national average. We need to make sure that this race is about how do we make Wisconsin um, a place where there's more jobs, more investment, um, and where, you know, where, where people aren't, after growing up here and, and, and after we're educating people, that they're going somewhere else. We've got to make sure that we're able to attract and retain our talent. Um, And that's something that Ron Johnson's done a terrible job of and why we need change um, in the U.S. Senate.
0: You've traveled all over the state, and obviously it's important that jobs come back to Milwaukee. There used to be something called the 30th Street Corridor. Heck, the Wall Street Journal called Milwaukee the star of the Snowbelt in the early 70s. African-American wages were actually higher than the national average. And Milwaukee was doing very well. And then union busting and trade agreements uh, ruined all that. But it just didn't ruin jobs in Milwaukee. It ruined jobs in Manitowoc and Sheboygan and Kewanee and you know, Eau Claire and Stevens Point. Uh, how do we bring those jobs back not just to big cities but to communities all over the state?
1: So one of the things that we have to do is make sure that, um, you know, what what we've put out in our plan is how do we incentivize companies to bring jobs back here? We've got to make this a place that people are looking to invest in again and make us um, that powerhouse. That means we have to be investing in education. I can't stress enough the importance of education and making sure that we have a trained and educated workforce. Immigration is also an extremely valuable tool for us, um, especially as birth rates are so low. Um, here in the United States, making sure that people like my dad, right? My dad is an immigrant. He came here from Morocco looking for a better life and better opportunity. We're seeing all over the country, all over the state, you know, farmers not having the workers that they need, um, small businesses not having the workers they need. If we can change the visa process to make it so that we're able to bring the best and brightest from around the world, to come to America, people wanting to come here to work and 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 live and, and have a better life and opportunity. If we do that while also investing um, in our education system, that's how we're gonna have the best trained workforce that everyone's gonna want to make sure that we're they're building things here in America. We've also got to incentivize our companies to think not just about, you know, their stock price and and, and their bonuses. But how they can make sure that they're helping grow the United States and, and our economy and bringing those jobs back from overseas—that's something that that I've that I've done. Um, it's something that Ron Johnson is is you know you've said has championed the opposite of right, championing making sure that jobs are leaving this country. Um, that's why we need a change in the U.S. Senate.
0: So, when you travel around the state and you you learn from people, right? You listen, you learn. Um, what are you hearing out there? What What are people's immediate concerns, and what do they want from you?
1: What, what voters are looking for is just, you know, how can things just get a little easier, and how can people, uh, how, how can they make sure that the government's working for them? I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people, whether you're in the cities or the rural areas, are all feeling like the government's not working for them, and that there's too much fighting, too much partisanship going on in Washington and not enough worrying about um, about the people they're representing. And that's why you see these swings from Barack Obama to Donald Trump to Tammy Baldwin, right? You're you're seeing voters voting ide- like on, on these on these big ideological swings and it's because people are looking for someone who's going to actually be able to get things done. And anywhere I go, people talk about, "Hey, you know, what I want and the best social program for me" is a good job that pays good benefits. And that's why I think our message is, is, is working so strongly, because we're talking about how do we make sure that your paycheck is growing? How do we make sure that you're taking home more of what you earn so that you can um, support your family and that you're not having to work, you know, paycheck to paycheck or worrying about where the next, you know, how you're going to be able to afford meals. Right? With housing prices, food prices, um, you know, cost of living just going up, People are just looking for a little bit of relief, and that's why all of our proposals have been about how we're going to grow small businesses um, and make sure that we're putting more money back in your pocket. That's that's what people are looking for, and one of the best things we can do, again, is not just education investing, but also making sure that we're passing the PRO Act to ensure that unionization um, is, uh, is strong again in this country.
0: How would you like to, you know, you have, an, you have an interesting seat. You have a seat that Ron Johnson has held for two terms, a very hard-right politician, very doctrinaire. Uh, there's nothing nuanced about him whatsoever. Um, he criticizes science. He criticizes public health measures. He criticizes job creation. And he is a, he is a cultural warrior through and through. Uh, the two predecessors before that were, you know, well, uh, two of the three were Russ Feingold and Gaylord Nelson. Uh, is there something you think that is should be uniquely Wisconsin about how a senator conducts themselves?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the the, the thing that I think, you know, when I look at some of our, our great senators, right, the ones that you've mentioned, you know, Herb Cole, Tammy Baldwin, um, and then some of our worst ones, like ron johnson and joe mccarthy um you know you see a lot of similarities uh, right russ feingold um nelson and uh, and herb and tammy have always been fighting for working people right have always been talking about how are we going to grow our economy how are we going to bring more jobs and investment here and then when you've got people like ron johnson joe mccarthy talking about overthrowing elections and 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 casting dispersions on people and conspiracy theorizing and, and not believing in basic science, right? That we deserve better. And it's it's tough for our state and it makes it really hard for us to be able to recruit jobs when a company sees someone like Ron Johnson saying all of these crazy things, they don't know what type of representation they're getting and what type of help they're gonna get. When you've got someone looking to live here, they're saying, Wow, like is this the type of state that, that I'm living in with someone like Ron Johnson talking about um, you know, uh, mouthwash can cure COVID, and the vaccine can cause AIDS. And you know, we don't need any more jobs or, or anything like that, right? That that makes it not as attractive as a place to invest in and and want to live in. By changing who we have as our senator, we can make sure that we're able to grow this state again, and that we're able to ensure that, um, you know, that that we're able to you know keep the proud progressive history that some of our greatest senators have uh, um, started and upheld.
0: Let me ask you here in summation, uh, you know, any of the Democrats running would be a huge improvement over Ron Johnson. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but you have to beat Ron Johnson in a difficult year. Uh, What is your polling shown on your chances versus the others? What are people, what are people saying and who they think can actually defeat Ron Johnson?
1: Yeah. So, you know, all, all of our polling um, and, and a lot of the polling that I've seen has shown that, you know, voters that know me and everyone else um, view me as the best person to be able to beat Ron Johnson. But it's not just about defeating Ron Johnson. It's also about who can go to the U.S. Senate and who's best positioned to actually deliver. When you look at someone like Tammy Baldwin, she's been able to work in the minority and the majority to get things done that's what we need. We need people who have a track record of being able to accomplish things. Um, because, you know, I think too many people get frustrated, and what we're seeing in all of our data is the frustration that people have with politics, where, you know, a politician will say, you know, I served on this commission, or I, you know, proposed this piece of legislation, and, you know, or I, I marched on this picket line. But that's, not actually doing anything, right? Like, there's no accomplishment there. But in politics, that's what is viewed as the accomplishment. We need people like Tammy, more people like Tammy Baldwin, who have that history and track record of getting things done. And that's something that I've been able to do my entire career. And that's what we're seeing in all of our data. That's what voters are looking for. Um, And when we can draw that contrast with Ron Johnson, the choice is going to be very clear.
0: Although I think even Senator Baldwin would admit Because of the filibuster, it's very hard to get big, important things done. Would you like to see uh, at least some reform of the filibuster?
1: I'd like to get rid of the entire filibuster. Um, I think the filibuster is anti-democratic when you are voted in, right, on an agenda, right? Democrats got the White House, the Senate and the House. Voters were clearly saying they wanted something. Well, they're unable to get it because of the filibuster. And then there's this seesaw. What voters should be able to have is the agenda that they voted for passed, and then they get to make the decision in the next election if they liked it or not. But one of the things that I found so impressive about someone like Tammy is the fact that even with all of the, um, uh, the, the structural issues in place, she still managed to get things done. She still managed to pass legislation. And while it is maybe harder to pass big things, we can't forget that there's a lot of things that can get passed that still are going to have a very meaningful effect on people's lives. And maybe CNN or the Washington Post or maybe the Journal Sentinel aren't going to cover it. But it doesn't mean that that's not going to have a big effect. And that's why Tammy's won by such large margins, and that's how we're going to win this race. Talking about the actual issues that are going to have an effect on people's lives, not just, not only, you know, the big things that Washington's talking about, but things that are going to be able to help you know,
0: each community um, grow. So there's horses and there's show horses. There's people that if you get in the way between them and a camera, you're likely, likely to get trampled to death. Uh, this notion that Ron Johnson spends a considerable amount of time on talk radio every day and spends even more time on television at night on all the right-wing cable shows. Isn't it more important to actually be spending some time on constituent services and, and getting things done and not being on radio or TV all the time?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of the you know, one of the, the, the biggest issues with Ron Johnson is that he's not uh, holding himself accountable to the people of Wisconsin. He's holding himself accountable to his donors or, or special interests or, or Donald Trump and, and you know, the right-wing media complex. You know what? 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 What I've been doing with this campaign, and what I've done in my career, and what I would do as a senator is make sure that I'm accountable to the people. Right? It's not just going to union halls while you're campaigning. You've got to be going to them when you're the U.S. senator. It's not just you know going to you know traveling the state when you're campaigning and asking for people's vote. The most important thing is making sure that you're going to people and talking to them um, while you're in office, so that you can best represent them. Well, and not just and, people,
0: and not just people you agree with.
1: Right, exactly, right? Like, we've got to go to everyone. And what I've said always is we've got to go to places that Democrats have neglected and Republicans have taken for granted, and letting everyone know that whether you voted for me or not, I still work for you. And I think that's something that Tammy has done magnificently and why she won by such large margins is because she's a workhorse. She's rolling up her sleeves and, and getting things done no matter how hard it is. And she just needs someone who's going to get into the trenches with her um, and and be able to deliver, and I think the voters know that um, I'm the best person to be able to do so.
0: Alex Lazary, hang on the line a minute, but thank you so much. You have my support uh, again. August 9th, obviously, early voting is around as well, so please vote like uh, your life depends on it, because right now it really does. Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, this is SlidesOffice.com. Slysoffice.com Thanks a million. Bye-bye.